Welcome back to the Dirt Show. Big news today, obviously, is the State of the Union message and the response to it by uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. We're going to be talking about that. Before we get to that, I watched the whole uh, shebang, and I what I do is whenever I watch something like the State of the Union, I then flip the channels to see, you know, what does Fox have to say about it? What does CNN? What does MSNBC? And of course, it's as if you watch different speeches uh, on Fox. You know, it's all praise, and on uh, it's all attack, and on CNN, it's all praise. And and so I, I wanted to watch it as well on Newsmax. I'm a Newsmax contributor. I know the uh, owner of Newsmax, and so I really wanted to watch it. So I try to tune in Newsmax, uh, a conservative, um, but very honest and straightforward uh, news source. And it wasn't available because I'm in Miami Beach. And so I called the owner and sure enough, they've been banned on Atlanta Cable, uh, which is what I get in Miami Beach. And they've been banned on AT&T now and a number of other places. Um, this is just wrong. Um, we need a marketplace of ideas. And, and yesterday I experienced that shutting down of one of the stores in the marketplace of ideas. And I never got to hear what um, uh, Newsmax contributors uh, had to say. I, I know they would probably be somewhat critical of <clears throat> Biden. They're, they're mostly Republicans, but I, I have a right to hear that. And, and my television providers don't have a right to tell me what I can see and what I can't see, what I can hear and what I can hear. They're basically performing the functions that, um, you know, the FCC uh, cables, uh, real television networks used to uh, perform. They, they're, they're performing a quasi, uh, if not governmental monopolistic uh, function. And it's just wrong for them to deny me and you depending on where we live, uh, the, right to, uh, the right to hear that different point of view. It, this relates, of course, obviously, to what I talked about regarding Dreyfus. Uh, by the way, I got a lot of letters saying, oh, if you only knew how to use technology, you could cheat and you could get Dreyfus, you could bypass this and you could bypass that. Or you could send for a CD on Amazon for $69. Uh, um, no, that's not the uh, not the correct answer. We'll get to some of the questions about that uh, in a while. So let's turn to the State of the Union message. I'm going to make many of you very, very upset. I like uh, Biden's speech. Um, I would like to live in the America that he uh, described, an America that's sensitive to the plight of preschoolers, to the plight of senior citizens, uh, to the need to reduce medical uh, costs, to better pay for teachers and better training and pay for police. Uh, I'm not saying the Republicans don't support uh, some of that, but the Democrats are more supportive of values that I believe in, uh, a woman's right to choose during at least the first uh, trimester, maybe the second trimester of pregnancy, not at the very end, if the baby can be viable and saved. Um, I do believe in reasonable gun control. I do believe in a range of other programs that the Democrats do and the Republicans don't. Now, not all Republicans adhere to the Republican platform, but a platform means something. And um, you know, I was uh, not happy about the way some of the Republicans were, you know, misbehaving and screaming and yelling. I'm not saying any of that is limited to 
to one party in it. It's, it and I don't think it did the Republicans very much good because it highlighted the, the extremists in their party, whereas the Democratic extremists, and there are as many of them, maybe more of them even, uh, on the Democratic surprise. So I didn't say a word, and they weren't interviewed and they, in, in the stations that I saw, and they weren't really even shown. So, you know, the, the impression was created that Biden represents the whole of the Democratic Party. I wish he did. I'm, I'm happy with Biden. I'm happy with his views. I never expected to hear a Kennedy-like articulate uh, speech, but he covered the bases, and uh, I thought he um, uh, did a pretty a pretty good job. Um, he also very much created the impression that he was healthy. Uh, he looked wonderful. Um, he looked vibrant and happy, both when he was talking to people before and after the speech and, and during the speech. And, you know, people who say that he's kind of out of it are wrong. I've known Joe Biden since um, 1980. I think I think I met him in 1980 uh, when I was working on on uh, Ted Kennedy's campaign for president, which he did not win. I uh, did not win the nomination. Jimmy Carter won, went on to lose to um, to Ronald Reagan. But when I knew him back then, he stuttered. Uh, he was halting. He was not articulate. Um, and uh, but he it was a, a nice guy, and uh, he crossed party lines the way Ted Kennedy did. Uh, he would talk to people on the other side. He was a wheeler, a dealer in the best sense of that term. He would get things done. He would. Uh, effectuate compromises. And uh, that's why I voted for him. I didn't vote for him expecting that I'd see one of the great presidents in the history of the world. Maybe he will be that, maybe he won't. I voted for him because I wanted to see a return to uh, normalcy. I wanted to see coming together of people. I wanted to see less divisive language. I wanted to see what I got. And so I got what I voted for. Not perfection, but uh, 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 not bad. Uh, I often say that when I vote for political office, I vote for, I vote for the least worst person. Uh, that overstates it. Some of them are very good. I think Joe Biden will go down in history, kind of along with Gerald Ford in some ways. You know, Gerald Ford again was not the most articulate guy in the world. Uh, he did go to Yale Law School. Um, and um, I actually debated him there once um, um, uh, as a student. Um, but he restored the country to normalcy after uh, Richard Nixon. He pardoned Richard Nixon, which was a very, very important act uh, of unity in the country. And, and he did okay as president. Um, didn't break any records. Won't go. Won't be, won't, won't be on Mount Rushmore. And I suspect neither will neither will um, um, President Biden, but um, I think he did a good job, and I was very happy. My wife and I were both uh, clapping um, and, and, and uh, encouraging, uh, and, and uh, I'd like to see an America that looks like that. Um, will we? I don't think so, because we're not going to see the Republicans go along with many of the compromises. I would hope some of them will do. You know, there were some compromises. Uh, Biden misspoke when he first said some Republicans want to put sunset provisions on Social Security and Medicare and other kinds of things. And, and then he had to admit it was very, very few. 
and um, and clearly the leader of the Republican Party, the leaders don't want to do that. So there was a little bit of misspeaking and a little bit of uh, uh, poking the other side. But for the most part, I, I thought he was not uh, unduly provocative. And um, he said what had to be said. Um, you know, the State of the Union message wasn't always delivered uh, articulately. Thomas Jefferson, who was a wonderful writer, was a terrible speaker. Apparently, he had a very high-pitched, unpleasant voice. And he didn't deliver the State of the Union message. He had it read by a clerk. Um, John Adams, on the other hand, uh, who wasn't nearly as good a president as uh, Thomas Jefferson, was a great speaker, one of the great orators of his day. And he delivered States of the Union and other messages with extraordinarily force and, and effectiveness. So well, there aren't too many great orators in the world, you know, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Winston Churchill. Um, uh, in our, in our my, my generation, uh, I was very young for both of them, but I grew up on their speeches, you know, set a, set a standard that uh, no current um, uh, people can match, and uh, none has. Um, and there's little relationship between how good a president is and how articulate uh, he uh, might have uh, been. Um, I think uh, some great presidents um, did things um, quietly and, and, and behind the scenes, and others who spoke well uh, did not do a great job. So um, B plus, that's, that's what I give him, um, maybe with a little grade inflation, but B plus, pretty good grade. Not, not an A plus, but pretty good grade. I think a lot of the media missed the headline, though, of um, yesterday's State of the Union. The headline was what Sarah Huckabee Sanders, on behalf of the Republican Party, said and didn't say. You heard her speech. It was short. Um, one word was not mentioned in it, Trump. She didn't praise Trump. Most Republicans would praise the former president who may become the future uh, candidate for the Republican Party. No. Uh, this was the most anti-Trump speech a Republican has ever made on national television. She basically said, we're through with old people like Trump. Uh, I'm the new face of the Republican Party. Um, young people are taking over the Republican Party. Uh, we don't want to hear anything from you old people like Trump. Well, you know, as an old person, a little, a little offended by that. But that's not my point. My point was for the Republicans to have put on as the rebuttal speaker to the president of the United States, somebody who is going to essentially trash the only person who was announced to run against the current president of the United States is a striking development that has not been sufficiently covered by the media. I, I don't know why it's such an important story. Um, if I were DeSantis or Nikki Haley or Mike Pompeo, I'd be jumping with joy. Uh, this seems to me to be the beginning of the end of the Republican uh, relationship and attraction to Donald Trump. I may overstate it, and she's only one person, but she was appointed to speak on behalf of the Republican Party, and they had to know what she was going to say. This is not, oh, by the way, we'd like you to give a speech, say whatever you want. This was a speech which had to have been vetted 
by the Republican establishment. And it was a striking speech, a striking speech. I kept waiting for her to say something to push back a little on her. It's over for old people. We need a new young Republican Party. We need a new leadership. We have to dispense with the old and bring in the new. You know, this wasn't Kennedy talking about after he became president that a new generation of Americans not born in this century, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And that was a stirring speech. This, this was not that. <clears throat> this was an obituary. Um, this was a statement that we've had it with Trump. Um, I don't know how much this reflects the current leadership of the Republican uh, Party. So far, Trump is the only uh, named candidate. I suspect that will change after this speech. I suspect that we will see uh, some more uh, push uh, for other candidates. Already the Koch brothers, who obviously contribute enormously um, to um, the uh, Republican Party, uh, and others are funding um, people other than Trump. And, um, and so if I had to make a guess today, um, I would say this opens the field and that there will be some people announcing. I don't think Trump will be able to just waltz through uh, the primaries and the convention and be uh, crowned um, uh, the president uh, nominee, presidential nominee. I don't think that's going to happen. I think there's going to be a, a real contest. And uh, it, it also may mean that Biden won't run because I do think Biden definitely runs if he knows Trump is running because the polls show very clearly that uh, Biden, the old man Biden beats the old man Trump. But uh, nobody knows whether the old man Biden could be, beat uh, the young DeSantis or the young Haley or, or the young Pompeo. Uh, uh, and, and, and the same thing is true with, with, with Trump. Um, nobody knows uh, how he would do against a younger person. So I think, I think Biden stays in the race as long as Trump is in the race. I think Biden would probably rather be a one-term president, although that's hard for anybody to do. Uh, I had myself believed that Trump would not run a second term. I thought he would announce that he was the greatest president in history and had done more in four years than, than any president since George Washington, and that he would leave it to other people to continue his legacy. He didn't do that, and he lost the election fair and square. And, um, and uh, I think Biden would prefer not to run uh, but he wants the Democrats to win. And he certainly doesn't want Trump to win. So if Trump runs, Biden runs. If Trump doesn't run, Biden may or may not run. And just imagine what the country would look like if neither Biden or Trump uh, runs. And then we have a whole new field. And uh, many of the people are well known, uh, particularly DeSantis is well known on the Democrat side. No, not very many. And of course, the Republican field will open up. It will get beyond um, the DeSantis and, and uh, the other two candidates that I've mentioned. It will probably also include Ted Cruz. It will probably also include uh, others, some of whom are known, some of whom are, are not known. Democrats as well. 
you know, they flashed pictures of all the Democrats uh, yesterday as the president was making a speech. And most of them, for most Americans, were unrecognized faces. For me, a lot of them were recognized because a number were my former students and uh, people I've known for for years. Um, but I couldn't predict to you today who would get the Republican or the Democratic nomination in the absence of, of Trump uh, and Biden or Biden. So I think the media has missed the big message of yesterday's uh, State of the Union message. It was not the substance. Substance was okay. Um, it was what it says about uh, Biden's health, about his uh, ability to handle uh, the presidency, um, and about the fact that the Republican leaders are now trying to disassociate themselves from Trump. Uh, now, as an octogenarian, almost almost a middle octogenarian, um, I don't mind seeing old people run, but I don't mind seeing young people run. I, I'd love to see some good young candidates on both sides. They both should have strong benches because no matter what happens in this next election, obviously in elections to come, we need a whole new bench full of uh, able candidates. My hope, my goal is to see all the candidates on both sides uh, move more to the middle, to be more centrist, um, to be less ideological, to be more willing to compromise. And um, I see a little of that, um, uh, but I don't see it uh, as much and as clearly as I would like to. And, you know, when you run in the primaries, that tends to move you to the extremes. Generally, if you win and become president, that moves you a little bit more uh, to the to the center. That doesn't always happen, but it happens a lot of the times. It moves you to the center, by the way, for your first term, not the second term, which is why I've always regretted voting for Barack Obama um, the, the second time. Um, I'm proud of my vote for him the first time, but uh, the second time, I wish I had voted for Mitt Romney. I think he would have been a better president. Uh, instead of Obama for his second term, Mitt was one of my students too. Obama, I knew as a student at, in, in law school. I've known them both um, somewhat personally over the years, and I do think Romney would have been a better a better president. Um, but uh, we'll have our choices. Uh, but the one thing I want to make sure is that when we make the decision who we want to vote for, for the next president of the United States, we're not doing it based on censorship of media from the right or from the left. Uh, look, I'm a person who leans slightly to the left. I'm a liberal Democrat, but I do not want to see uh, the banning of, of television stations like, like Newsmax or some of the others, even extreme ones. I hate uh, extremism and I hate kind of extreme bigotry on Twitter and all of that. But one of the reasons I'm on Rumble is because Rumble censors less and uh, allows more voices to be heard. So I hope you will join me in protesting what's been happening to uh, Newsmax. I hope you will join me in demanding that every voice be heard and that the marketplace of ideas be open to everything. Um, I don't believe the marketplace always produces the right results. It certainly didn't in Nazi Germany and it certainly didn't in fascist Italy. Um, and maybe it's not in Turkey uh, today uh, or in Hungary or in uh, other places in, in, in Europe. But uh, 
it may be the worst system except for all the others. And the idea of of having corporate executives or government officials tell us which channels we can see and which voices we can hear is just so un-American, as you probably know, I've said it before. I have a letter hanging in my office in New York, a handwritten letter from Thomas Jefferson on the 25th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence saying, you know, we have nothing to fear from uh, voices that we disagree with as long as there's an opportunity to respond to them. The marketplace of ideas is part of our foundation. And I hope it continues. And I hope that Atlantic Broadband and AT&T and all the other companies uh, come to their senses and allow us to make the decision what to watch instead of having them make the decision what we cannot watch. Let me turn to some questions. Okay. Oh, here's one that's just wrong. I love the way people just state things, but this is not true. The Constitution of Bill of Rights does mention God. All right. Where? Why do you write me a letter like that without quoting it? Find me a single quote in the Constitution of the United States or in the, or or not in the Declaration. It's in the Declaration. I've said that. Uh, But find me anything in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights that does mention God. I'd be very happy to find it. I'd have to go back and amend my constitution and add things in writing, um, but uh, it's not there. And just saying it's there doesn't make it there. But what's so silly is to write me a letter like that without quoting a source. It's just in your head. It's not true. Okay. I just rewatched Rosemary's Baby, uh, another great Roman Polanski film. If they're censoring Jacques in the United States because of what Polanski was accused, even more than accused, he admitted it, of uh, doing decades ago, why are they not censoring Rosemary's Baby in the U.S.? Doesn't it? Doesn't it sound like it's? Doesn't sound like it's because of Polanski. Well, what else could it be? It's a great film that got phenomenal reviews. It would be very popular in the United States. It might even, you know, win an Oscar. Um, it's only because it was Polanski and what, you know, Polanski pleaded guilty to was, was dreadful and devastating. Um, and, uh, and I understand that people might not want to uh, help him make profit, but that's an individual choice, not a choice that should be made by television networks. Um, here, the film has not been banned in America. That would be a violation of the constitution. If distributors don't want to carry it, that's not banned. That's not censorship. That's a business decision. No, this wasn't a business decision. Clearly, this would have made money. It was an ideological decision. It was a cancellation decision. And it was banned. It wasn't banned by the government. But it was banned. And it was banned by people who have the power to tell you what you can watch or what you can't watch. Decide for yourself I understand how many people won't watch a Roman Polanski movie. I'm not going to argue with you on that. If you don't want to go into a museum and see a Picasso painting, okay. That's your decision, but I don't want Picasso's paintings to be taken down. Look, I had a big fight with the Metropolitan Museum in New York. They had a big show on Gertrude Stein's collections of art. Great art, a lot of Matisse, a lot of Picasso, but Gertrude Stein was a Nazi. Um, Jewish, but a Nazi. Um, She uh, was a collaborator. Um, She worked with the head of the um, um, Gestapo. 
um, she may well have turned in Jews who were hiding um, from the Nazis. Um, she wrote uh, an introduction to the writings of Pétain, who was the Nazi uh, leader of the Vichy government. Uh, she nominated Hitler for a Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, she was a miserable, miserable Nazi. Uh, but I didn't ask the museum to take down her uh, uh, art or the art that she had owned. I asked them instead to have a plaque indicating what her history was so people could make their own decisions whether to go see it. I went to see it, um, held my nose whenever I saw the name Gertrude Stein, one of the most despicable human beings in modern history. Um, but uh, she collected uh, pretty good art. Not not great. Uh, her brother was the major uh, collector, and I don't particularly like her writing uh, either, but, you know, she's today adored by feminists. Why hasn't she been canceled? I mean, why hasn't the left canceled Gertrude Stein? Um, remarkable. She's much worse than any of the people that have uh, recently been canceled, and yet she's still uh, an icon among feminists, mostly because it's ignorance. Um, you know, people who are polemical don't don't uh, don't generally like to hear facts. But I'm giving you the facts about Gertrude Stein. Check it out. Um, read a book by Barbara Will called Strange Collaboration, uh, and you'll see the whole history documented of Gertrude Stein's collaboration with uh, Nazis and her facilitation of Jews being killed by Nazis. Both she and her her, her partner uh, Alex Toklas. Uh, were Nazi collaborators. How do you think they lived openly in, in, in uh, France when other Jews around them were being killed, when Jewish children were being taken to uh, camps to be uh, put in gas chambers? Gertrude Stein was living a happy life, eating her croissant, collecting her art, never being disturbed by anybody, even though she was Jewish, because she was a Nazi collaborator. That ought to be well known. Okay. Um, Let's turn to a few other questions. Okay, on Amazon, it's possible to order the CD of the film for $65. However, the views indicate that the CD has European format. It's difficult or impossible to watch. All right. Um, you know, uh, you should try to get it, but, uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's not going to be possible because you're being denied the right to do it by people who think they know better than you do. Uh, I understand if Wagner has good music, even if he was associated, he wasn't associated with Hitler. He was dead many years before Hitler, but Hitler was associated with him. Even if he was associated with Hitler, I would still listen if I liked the music and know his music ought not to be erased. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, you know, I don't happen to like um, Ezra Pound's poetry. He too was a Nazi. Um, I don't, wouldn't ban the poetry. Um, you know, it, this raises hard questions. I used to raise these questions in my class on where does your morality come from? I always ask the following question. What would have happened if Mengele, the man who conducted the experiments on Jewish children, twins, he would take the twins and, uh, and, and cut one of them apart and do horrible things and then murder both the twins for medical experimentation, mostly military about how the German soldiers could endure cold and stuff like that. But he also uh, looked uh, for causes of diseases. What if hypothetically this miserable monster had developed a cure for cancer? Um, uh, we would use it. We wouldn't give him the Nobel Prize, 
but we would use as cure for cancer. And so I think you do have to separate out the the monster from from the product. And um, there have been a lot of monstrous people throughout history that have produced uh, wonderful works of art and music and and science. And to go back and to start reckoning uh, with them over that is, I think, a terrible mistake. This is interesting. Dreyfus is an odd choice of hero. Given they were Jews in the Prussian army, Prussian army too, Dreyfus as a French officer chose a career in which he'd be killing other Jews. No, that's not the first time that ever happened or the last time it ever happened. In the, second, in the First World War, uh, some of the most uh, heroic people in the German army, remember this was, not a, this was a democratic German army, uh, not a fascist uh, army. In the First World War, Democrat with a very small league because it had autocratic characteristics. But uh, German soldiers who were Jewish were killing German soldiers who were French and English and Americans. Uh, Jews are loyal to their countries. And yes, Jews kill other Jews. And they didn't in the Second World War because the Second World War, uh, the Nazis had already killed all the Jews who were killing all the Jews. But nothing surprising that Dreyfus would be a patriot to France and would uh, be willing to help win the war, even if it meant some of his co-religionists from a different country would be killed. Um, so, you know, these are uh, good issues. Uh, I, I love having these, these letters because it gives everybody an opportunity to see every side of the issue. So please work hard to make sure that whatever your uh, media carrier is, um, that they don't ban stations. They don't ban people. They don't ban programs. Uh, it's so insulting to you. You have the right to decide what you want to see, what you want to hear. That's the spirit of the First Amendment, whether it's by the government or by private parties. Censorship is just wrong. See you next week.